0: On Friday, or last Friday, it was VE Day, Victory in Europe Day, uh, where um, there was supposed to be street parties and a lot of celebration uh, for the end of fighting in World War Two in the continent of Europe. I was imagining if I was some soldiers just before that day, holed up with the Allied armies moving across Europe, hiding from them. I was thinking to myself, what would I be wanting to happen? And I know that I could be very worried, very scared. It's been a long war. And uh, would there be retribution? Would Would they deal with me well if they found me. And you can imagine them crying out, Lord, have mercy. It's almost like what they would be saying to the soldiers if they were, they were found. Interesting that if you were a Christian, if it was one of those soldiers, your cry to God would be tinted with faith, hope, You would be acknowledging the fact that God is your saviour. But if you weren't a Christian, you would be hoping there was a God somewhere. And you would be hoping that if there is a God, then that God would hear you. And there are many, I believe, around the nations, believers who are crying, God, in these days, have mercy, because this pandemic, it's not only the people who are getting ill, but just the economies, just so much is becoming very difficult, and I believe there's just many people, Christians and people who have no idea about God, but are still crying in their heart, God, have mercy. This morning, we're going to look at Psalm 57, and uh, it's probably uh, relating to a a passage in in Samuel where David is locked up in a cave. He's got uh, about 500 men, a few hundred men, and outside of the cave, Saul is looking for him, and Saul has... 3,000 crack troops. And uh, so it's about five to one against David. It's terrible odds. And David knows that if Saul finds him, he wants to destroy him. This was one of the ultimate lockdowns. And so we see in verse one, David crying out to God those words. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy. I look to you for protection. Like many, as I said, I believe around the world. They may not be using those words, but that's what they're praying. God, have mercy. The thing with David, he was holed up in a cave, which was giving him a lot of protection. It was hiding him. It was keeping him safe. The difficulty is David knew this, <clears throat> that if Saul found him, the very cave that gave him protection would actually be a prison where he couldn't. escape. And so it says this in the, in the rest of verse 1. Hide me, O Lord, in the shadow of your wings until the danger passes. You see, David was realizing this cave wasn't the ultimate protection. God was the ultimate protection for him. verse 2, we see David lifting his head and knowing that these wings, they are strong. They are awesome. They are amazing. And it says this in verse 2, I cry to God, most high. You see, the shadow of these wings was the shadow of the creator of heaven and earth, the great almighty God. Jesus says when we pray, we must say this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. When we hold up, when we are in great distress, when all around us it seems out of control, the shadow of the Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, our Father in heaven. And then it goes on to say, David says this, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. See, David had a future. David was anointed by Samuel as king. He hadn't actually become king. Saul was still king. And one of the reasons that Saul hated David was because David was the anointed one. He was the one who was going to be the future king. And so David here is leaning into the providence of God. A God who is in charge of his destiny. Saul wasn't in charge of his destiny. God was in charge of his destiny. The Puritan John Favell Says this there isn't a single incident or tragedy that will result in something, something other than the true interest and good of the saints. Amazing. That's providence. Joseph summed it up this way: You intended it to harm me when his brothers sold him as a slave, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. You know, when the world is out of control, when a pandemic is out of control and there's no inoculation, there's no uh, cure at this moment for him, we've got to lean in to the providence of God. And then verse 3 says this, and God will send Help from heaven to rescue me, disgracing those who hound me. The Lord of the heaven's armies could send a multitude of angels to rescue David. and You can see as he's there, he's, he's meditating on the almighty God. Yet he's living in desperate times. Verse 4 goes on, I'm surrounded by fierce lions who greedily devour human prey, whose teeth pierce like spears and arrows, whose tongues cut like swords. It's desperate. David is now, instead of looking at the Almighty God and meditating on the maker of the universe, he's now reflecting on Saul and the armies, maybe even could hear them as they're marching and looking outside. And it's so easy to flick-flack from meditation on the providence of Almighty God and then be consumed with the difficulties that we are facing. David again lifts his head. Verse 5, be exalted, O God above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. And then verse 6, it says, My enemies have set a trap for me. I'm weary from distress. They have dug a deep pit in my path, but they themselves have fallen. into so it." Can you see how David kind of is moving from the pressure and the despair of the circumstances that he's in to the meditation on the King of Glory? You know, it seems to me you get this impression that his cry to God is a mixture of faith, fear, hope, despair, and trust. And I can honestly say that's my life often. That I can even in an hour, even in a day, go through all these different emotions and thoughts. But verse 7, something changes. Something gets some clarity. It says this, My heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praise. What seemed to be a bit of a mixture of focusing on the pressure, the difficult, the lockdown. Now is a cry of full assurance and confidence. And sometimes we have to get to that place. We have to find confidence again that God, who began a good work, as Paul said, will complete it. Charles Wesley put it this in one of my favourite hymns. Bold I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ. My own—that's confidence. Charles Wesley understood that he could boldly come to the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ, my own. Paul, writing to the Ephesian church, says this in three, Ephesians three twelve: because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confident. Into God's presence. Amazing. God wants us to be confident. There's so much insecurity in the world today, so much out of control in people's lives. I was speaking to a a taxi driver just down the road, and he said, I've never been so bored. you know, there's so many people who are struggling at the moment. We have a confidence in a God who looks after us. And this confidence for David, like it did with Charles Wesley, made songs spring up in his, in his head, in his mind. It says in verse 8, wake up, my heart, wake up, O liar and heart. I will wake the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises among the nations, for your unfailing love is as high as the heavens, and your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. He sings about God's faithfulness and glory among the nations. Even though he's locked down in a cave, his mind's eye are to the creation, to God being glorified all over the world. Even though his enemy is surrounding him, he's now in a different place. He's viewing it from the perspective of Almighty God, and his songs now are songs of deliverance, the songs of exhortation. God of glory, Hosanna in the highest. You know, if I could sing, which I can't, and you'll be very blessed that I'm not even going to try. And even when we are singing, I mute myself, which the laws help you. But I just want my, my soul, even just reading these verses, wants to give glory to God. And then we come to the final verse here. He's gone from praying for deliverance, for mercy, to worshipping confidently the God of the nations. It says this, be exalted above the highest heavens, may your glory shine over all the earth. You know, David's now praying for revival. He's locked down in a cave. He's had fear for his life. He's confident, God, you're with me. And now he's praying for everybody else. He's praying that God's glory will shine over all the earth. Habakkuk put it like this in 2.14, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover, see, that's a prophetic promise. David was praying it, Habakkuk was prophesying it that the glory of the Lord will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. The waters cover the sea all, all over the earth, and there'll be a glo- the glory of the Lord. There'll be revival. John Piper puts it this way about God's glory. Glory of God is the manifest beauty of his holiness. It is the going public of his holiness. It is the way he puts his holiness on display for people to apprehend. So the glory of God is the holiness of God made manifest. In times of international trouble, let's not only pray for protection for ourselves, and that's good to do. Have mercy on us. Let's not just have personal confidence that God is going to protect us, that his providence is going to be looking after us, that what he began in us he would fulfil the promises he's given us, he will bring about. But let's pray for revival. Let's pray for the glory of God. Let's, in our flats, in our gardens, in our walks, let's pray for mercy. But let's, in our minds, I think of Manchester, think of UK, think of, of continental europe think of the continents of the world let's lift our heads now and pray god god move mightily we need a revival we need god to move you know churches like ours were birthed out of praying for revival about 50 years ago in the uk Many people gathered together in small and large gatherings, feeling God had put on their hearts, revive this nation, send a revival. There was just cries of for revival. There was confident, 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 conferences. There was meetings. There were little gatherings because there was a hunger for God to move. And out of that, God poured out his Holy Spirit. There was a renewal in the churches, the charismatic renewal, as we know it. Churches were changed from going from formal kind of institutions, they were full of life. New songs emerged, charismatic gifts, relationships, people not just turning up, going through a formal. Motion and listening to a sermon, but actually enjoying the body of Christ, enjoying the fellowship of the redeemed, enjoying the presence of God. But you know what? People were praying for was more than that, what people were praying for was that millions would turn to the living God, millions put their trust again in God. Those who are locked down and crying, have mercy. Have mercy. Who don't know God, but something in them is crying out now. You know, we need to pray. God, reveal yourself to them. I want to cry because I feel in our day, God, remember mercy. Have mercy on the people of my stream. Have mercy on this great city of Manchester. God, would you move? Would you have your glory fill the earth as the waters covered the sea? We need a massive turning back to God. And you know, I believe the prayers of the saints decades ago we're living in the good of them. Let's add our prayers to them for almighty the mighty breakthrough. Let's pray. God, would you do something remarkable in our day? Lord, we pray for mercy. We pray for deliverance. We pray, God, for confidence. We pray, God, that many would find you as their hope and their saviour. God, would you move mightily. Lord, I want to pray for my street and especially for Manchester. God, would you send your Holy Spirit. Let your glory fall. Let your glory fall, Lord God. Let your glory fall in this city. For Christ's name's sake, amen. God bless you.